not everyone has been trained to be a designer. That's not their expertise. I think if you can just communicate what you're thinking, whether it be an emotion or just a conceptual idea, we can work together and figure it out. It's really collaborative. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeremy Dobrish, and this is The Procast, brought to you by Proscenium Events in New York City. It's a podcast about corporate events. Now, each month we take a bite-sized look at how to make these corporate events, conferences, programs, shows even more effective and impactful. This episode, we're talking to a true artist, one of Proscenium's own, art director Christian Bayonet. He's got some great ideas about how to talk to designers and even some unexpected places to find inspiration. So, if you've ever been curious about how graphic designers think, then stand by for Q1 of the Procast. And Q1, let's go. All right. So, I am here with one of Proscenium's longtime art directors, Christian Bayonet. And Christian, you and I work together technically all the time, but we're often on so many different projects from each other. I don't get to actually talk to you that often. So this is a treat for me. And I wanted to say thank you for taking time away from creating and designing and talking to us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Proscenium is, I don't know if we're unique, but one of the things that differentiates us is that we have a pretty robust in-house design studio. How many designers have we got? The design team is made up of about six designers now. We've grown, we've added a few people over the past couple of years, but we have someone heading the entire design team, followed by two art directors. We have a senior graphic designer and a graphic designer and a junior designer. And so what is the difference between a graphic designer and an art director? An art director creates and helps guide the visual aesthetic of a product or a campaign or, in our case, a show. In many cases, they'll work collaboratively with a creative director who helps develop the overall conceptual idea behind a project and guide it to its completion. So an art director will lead the graphic designers and help ensure that a consistent visual aesthetic is carried through. An art director is still a designer, but they also take on the role of a leader. And in the case of a corporate event, I would imagine a lot of that aesthetic is dictated by the brand and the brand's guidelines and the brand's personalities. So as an art director, how do you learn that, immerse yourself in that? And then to what extent can you bring your own aesthetic to that or play with their aesthetic a bit? Each brand has their set of guidelines and their brand rules that they have us follow that's all follows their brand identity. So it is very important that we follow that to help tell a brand story correctly, to help them lead their narrative in an accurate way, right? So the challenge is sometimes is how can we follow all those rules and stay true to that brand's voice, but still make it fun, exciting, new, right? So it's really just taking what I know as a designer and learning this new brand and taking the two and making it all work together, which can be a challenge at times, especially because oftentimes some of these brands are new. You're just learning them for the first time. So I think once you are able to 
figure that out with the help of a creative director or someone from the client side or the brand side to just get a better understanding of that brand and make sure you truly understand it. I think then your design expertise can naturally just come into the picture and kind of fluidly work into the process. And so talk me through that process a little bit. You mentioned working with creative directors, working with people who work for the brand. What is it that you're looking for from them that will enable you to do the best work that you want to be able to do? Well, the first thing I think of is communication, good communication, open and honest communication. This this isn't just in the work environment. Transparency, being honest and direct can be very effective. So in my case, whether it is a client or someone on a senior level or a creative director, I think if you can be direct with them, it's easier for that message to be received and for the process to keep moving and to get what you need. I also think a good briefing and detailed feedback can go a long way. Uh, Very helpful to the process. Provide all the information that'll help the designer do their job. Give as many details as possible. Decrease the back and forth, right? And get you closer to what you're looking for. What would you say to someone who said, listen, I have no problem being honest and direct and transparent. That's in my wheelhouse. I'm just not a very visual person. I don't feel like I speak a design language. So I don't know what to say to a designer visually that might help them. What advice would you give someone like that? I think it can be intimidating. Oftentimes I've had clients give a disclaimer before talking to me and saying like, hey, I don't know design lingo or forgive me if I get this wrong or forgive me if you've already thought about this. And it's okay. Not everyone has been trained to be a designer. That's not their expertise. I think if you can just communicate what you're thinking, whether it be an emotion or just a conceptual idea, we can work together and figure it out. It's really collaborative. I, I, I can't emphasize enough how important the whole collaboration part of this is important to the process. It's going to take back and forth. It's going to take understanding what the process is for the designer and how the designer can put together what they're thinking. And it, and for the designer, they need to understand what the client or the brand is really looking to do. I, I think that's a really important point. I think that, like you said, people will come to you and say, well, I'm intimidated because I don't speak this language. I remember when I was directing musicals, I was intimidated about talking to musical directors. What I learned was they don't want you to tell them to change that note to an F sharp and to change the time meter here and to play that pianissimo instead of piano, that's their job. What they want is for you to be able to articulate what you're looking for and let them figure out musically how to make that happen. And I think with graphic design, it's very similar. You probably don't want someone to come to you with a Pantone color and say, this is the color I want. And in Adobe Photoshop, I want you to click this particular effect to make it happen. If they had the skills to do that, then let them do that. You're here to bring your expertise to do that. And what you said, I thought was really great. What they're there for is, what does the brand need? What are we looking for? What is this about? Because that you don't know. And if they can provide that part of the equation and you can provide the design side, that's a collaboration that I think you're talking about, right? You have that absolutely right. It's, it's, again, it's collaboration. It's give and take. 
as in most relationships, it's got to be give and take. And if you allow yourself to give that trust to the designer to do their portion of it, you'll be surprised at some of the really great ideas that can come out of it. Yeah, that's great. So now let's go back to the beginning of the process. And I'm imagining an executive, a CEO, a CMO, whoever it might be, writing their speech, or maybe they have a person who writes the speech for them. And that's usually the first step, right? What do they want to say? Now they have their speech. And now somewhere we have to get from that to there they are on stage in front of these gorgeous graphics. And so I'm curious how that process works best for you. Do you want them to be thinking about, I'd love to put a graph here, and I'd love to put a picture of a tiger here, and this is where I think some really cool animation would help? Or do you just want a script? And then you come, or the creative director comes, with some ideas. People need visuals. It helps tell your story and lead your narrative. Visuals are what people remember, hold on to, and it makes the information much easier and much quicker to process. It's not necessarily an executive's job to decide what those visuals are. It's certainly helpful if they can communicate that. It'll definitely make my job as an art director or a designer much easier. But again, I don't believe it's their job. Now we can have those conversations on what really talking through their idea and figuring out what it actually means. That way it'll be easier for me to do the job of putting these visuals together. But thinking about it for a second, say a presentation is heavy on words or maybe it's cluttered with numbers and images. It could be very overwhelming for someone to digest, but oftentimes that is made up of a bunch of ideas that they're trying to get out. I think my job as the designer would be to understand their narrative. It's that collaboration I was talking about, understanding what needs to be happening, the point they're trying to get across. If you understand the story you're telling or the point that's trying to be made, it'll be clear what visuals need to be made at that point. I think on their level, being direct and decluttering when possible is super helpful. I believe less is more. And the less words you have in a presentation, the easier it'll be to digest. That leads into where I wanted to go next, which was to ask you what you wanted more or less of from your collaborators. So you just gave a great example where you said sometimes less is more. Sometimes people put too much visually And actually, you believe, and I agree with you, that less is more on a slide. Are there any other things like that where you feel like, oh, visually people want to go here, but maybe they should go there? One thing that happens time and time again when a presentation is actually being designed prior to getting to a designer is that it could easily feel dated with a dated PowerPoint stock template or corny fonts. I'm talking to you, Comic Sans. <laughs> Papyrus. I think Comic Sans hears you. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, they gotta, everyone has to look out and be open to new design trends. I think this is where trusting a designer really comes in hand. But this is, that leads me to a mistake that I think is made sometimes that of not trusting their designer's expertise and their ideas and their creative approach 
to certain ideas. When it comes to presentation design, though, I think some other things to avoid being too wordy and decluttering when possible. I think for designers going overboard with transitions and some of those PowerPoint (laughs) tricks, again, we don't want it to be too corny or dated. I think a lack of consistency and carry through is a mistake that is often made. I think whether it's with a narrative or the visual aesthetic, it's very important to keep that top of mind and keep a consistent carry through along all those elements to have that presentation be the most effective form of itself. Yeah, that's interesting. So one of the challenges I would think with design is that you have these enormous screens And the presenter is only six feet tall or whatever he or she might be, five feet tall. But the focus is on the presenter. And so the designer is charged with putting these beautiful images on this enormous canvas without pulling attention away from the speaker. How do you do that? I think treating graphics, particularly when speakers are talking, as more of a backdrop and supplementary to what the speaker is trying to say is oftentimes the most effective way of using those screens while they're talking. You don't want to distract or pull the audience away from the speaker, but if you can just enhance what they're trying to say, I think that's most effective. So using things like textures or something more atmospheric or more of an environment Those are some beautiful and very effective ways of helping tell the speaker's story and getting their point across. That's a great point. I'm curious about your inspiration. You were talking about trusting your designer. And so where are you getting design ideas from? Yeah, where don't I get inspiration from? It's everywhere, really, anywhere. Living here in New York City, I'm almost overstimulated with inspiration at times, just living my life and existing here in the streets. So subway ads, museums, concerts, random pop-ups, furniture stores. I love furniture. I love shapes, shapes in people's clothing. I like looking at different silhouettes people make with their fits. It's funny, as, as much as I don't love crowds, it's almost quite nice passing through Times Square, particularly at nighttime with all their screens and all the ads at their brightest at night, right? So I get a lot of inspiration from those. Brand graphics and animations on such a large canvas is essentially what I do for my job. So that's one of the more direct channels of inspirations I can pull from. I'm curious from a technology point of view, are there any innovations coming down the pike, either something that you've played with recently that you've loved or something that you've just seen that you haven't tried yet, but that you want to try? Recently, actually, for this year's Grammys, there's this AI artist um, led graphics for the whole show, and they were visually stunning. He essentially used AI software to pull from this massive data set of over 300 million images of nature and create a super colorful, super abstract, visually dynamic, very immersive graphic to set as the backdrop on the stage. It was stunning, honestly. And I think with the increasing popularity in AI, it's going to continue to grow tremendously as an asset for designers. 
I agree with you, and I, I think it's really interesting and exciting. What do you make of things like stable diffusion and mid-journey and Dolly? Do those things worry you or excite you? How do you feel? This is Behind the Scenes Bethany, breaking in with a fact check. The programs Jeremy mentioned are AI-powered software that create original artwork and images from text prompts. Some can also be used as tools for editing or manipulating images. It's pretty cool. We'll link to them in the show notes and you can check them out for yourself. Yeah, they're very exciting tools, very impressive tools. I'm not necessarily nervous about the idea of them, though. I think more than anything, I'm excited to see what they can do and how I, as a designer, can use it as an asset. I think making it my friend and taking it upon myself to learn how to use these tools will help me do my job tremendously and just push the boundaries of what I can accomplish and what we can create and use in our shows. You and I have had the good fortune to have the opportunity to work on a couple of corporate events where employee talent was involved. And I've always been so impressed with what you've brought to that process in terms of making those moments seem nothing like open mic or a talent show and seeming more like a full-out rock concert. And I'd love it if you could just talk a little bit about your process or what design brings to a moment like that. These employee talent acts are such a great opportunity to take a time out and break free from the confines of the overall event theme or even sometimes the brand identity and really cut loose and go crazy and have fun. Me having the opportunity to enhance performers' skill set, right, that or their performance on stage and really using the set design as a canvas to really make them a rock star, make them feel like a rock star. It's usually the times when I have the most fun. I think we can really go crazy at those points, pushing the boundaries and creating graphics that otherwise I wouldn't be able to really experiment with during the main show. And and you're brilliant at that in terms of, you mentioned the sets. Sometimes we just have one big screen. Sometimes we have three big screens. Sometimes we have crazy screen configurations. And the way you use all of those screens to maximum effect, you can feel it in the audience. It's really exciting. So I'd love to move on to our lightning round. So this is three quick questions that we ask at the end of every episode. So the first one is, who's your biggest get? And what I mean by that is, is there any speaker or performer, thought leader, entertainer who you would just love to see at one of these events? As a designer, I'm more keen on seeing someone from the arts world or from more of a creative background. And one creative I admire so much is actually Solange Knowles, Beyonce's younger sister. She just has such good taste and has her hands in so many realms of the art scene and collaborates with so many awesome artists. So she has beautiful set designs, beautiful music videos, a lot of genius curated projects in the design realm. What did you make of uh, Pharrell's promotion to the, uh, it's Louis Vuitton, right? He took over as creative director. Yeah, I love Pharrell Williams as an all-around creative. He does come from a music background, 
but him taking over as creative director for Louis Vuitton is the first time that an artist has taken on that responsibility. The creative director right before him, Virgil Abloh, who was amazing, but had an untimely passing a few years back, did an amazing job with the brand and taking that brand in a new direction. But very excited to see what Pharrell does. He's already a very inspirational figure that I look up to and seeing him continue to push boundaries at such a high level with clothing and lifestyle. I'm very intrigued and can't wait to see what he does. All right. Second question is, what is one thing you wish presenters did more of or less of? They could go off script more, spice things up a little bit, go rogue, see what happens. (laughs) Wow. Now as the the designer, I'm curious to hear you say that because sometimes the cueing is tight to the script. So if they go off script, might mess up some of those uh, brilliant transitions you've put in there. Yeah, things are more fun when you're going a little <laughs> rogue, I think. Let's, we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. All right. All right. Last question. What's something, it could be a book, a movie, a song that was a big influence on you? So this is more of a current influence for me, but there's this band that I love by the name Krongbin. I had the opportunity to catch three of their shows last year. I love them that much. But particularly their show at Radio City Music Hall last year, between their music, the lighting, and the intimacy of that venue, I, it was just pure magic. I wish I could bottle that energy and just carry it with me everywhere I go. Super inspirational. This is Behind the Scenes Bethany breaking in with a fact check. Krungbin is a Texas-based trio rooted in classic soul and R&B with influence from psychedelia, dub, and music from around the world. We'll link to them in the show notes. Christian, thank you so much. Talking to you and even just reliving some of the collaborations you and I have had in the past is invigorating and just really makes me want to work with you again and get back behind a computer and then back in a ballroom and see your beautiful work up on some enormous video screens. It really is incredible what you bring to these presentations and to the process, quite frankly. So I know you've got a lot to do. I know you're off busy designing, but I really appreciate you taking some time and talking with us today. Yeah, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate you reaching out and wanting to have me on. Well, that was really cool getting to talk with Christian about design. For me, there were a bunch of takeaways, but these are the four tops. Number four. Design inspiration is all around us. Keep your eyes open from furniture stores to fashion to subway ads. You just might see something you want to reference. Number three, less is more on a slide. Take some time to declutter words, numbers, and images. Number two, when talking with designers, be collaborative, honest, and transparent, and provide a detailed briefing outlining what you're looking for. But don't feel like you need to speak a designer's language. Just Explain what you want and what the brand needs and let them translate it into design. And number one, trust your designer's expertise. Maybe they can take you to some places you haven't been before. But look, I could talk about this stuff all day. And if you want to talk about graphic design or anything about live events, check out our show notes for more info. There's lots of fun stuff in there. Or just go to proscenium.com and drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Because at Proscenium, we help presenters do their best in front of their most important audiences. As we like to say, we help brands perform. And I have a sneaking suspicion we can help your brand perform. If you like the Procast, you can listen to it at proscenium.com or get it anywhere you get your other podcasts. 
Now, today's show was hosted by me, Jeremy Dobrish. It was produced by Bethany Potter with original music by Maestro Mike Mancini. And hey, you know how at the end of podcasts, they ask you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a good rating? Well, of course, we'd love you to do that so more people hear about the show and so we can hear your thoughts. But look, if you learned a few tips and you want to keep this one just between us, that's cool too. So until next time, stand by to fade the Procast out and Procast out. Let's go.